Are you ready? You're listening to Living Limitlessly with Marta Taylor, where information will lead to inspiration, motivation, and your transformation to health, happiness, and abundance. And now, here's NT. Hi everyone, I'm Marta Taylor from livinglimitlessly.com. Welcome to part two of our interview with Kit Lachlan talking about stretch therapy. Enjoy. So let's cover off just a couple more things. One of them being the jaw, one Uh, of your favorite topics. And I don't know if I did tell you the other day when we were talking, but I have had chronic jaw problems, which are for a number of different reasons, but I do do your your jaw exercises, which always makes such a difference. But for me, I've got a number of underlying things. But tell us about how amazing the jaw is, considering it's, well, attached in there as one of the smallest muscles of the body, and yet it's one of the strongest muscles as well. Well, again, what you said in that in that short thing raises about six cans of worms. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I will again Pick try to be brief. Pick the most important. Pick the most important. The most important, and that's a good. Well, even that's interesting because when we say pick the most important, of course, it presumes that we are able to weigh these things against some goal. So let us say that we are that we've done that, and the goal that we're explicitly talking about today is grace and ease in the body and and more efficient movement. So with respect to that, let me talk about the jaw. In terms of the whole spine, these, this joint up here, the temporomandibular joint, is the last joint the body has where it can change the position and the alignment in order to help resolve the force of gravity, which is the thing that's acting on our body all the time. Add to that the fact that these muscles, neck muscles and upper, upper back and shoulder muscles, are the tightest muscles in people's bodies because these are the muscles we use to express meaning. Now, let me put it this way. When you're looking at a human being for the first time or when you're in interaction, in interaction with a human being, you don't look at their quadriceps or their calf muscles to see how they're feeling. Now, I know it's a joke, silly point to make, but it's crucial. Where do you look? You look at the muscles of the face, the 27 or whatever there are muscles in the face. You look at the alignment of the head on the, on the neck and you look at where the shoulders are and the attitude of the body. You see how many different emotions are being expressed just by just changing the position of these few things? Well, we are so locked into our own ego structures that this expression, this mode of expression is us. That's why there's so much tension there. Our ego is literally bound up in being us. In fact, our ego can only exist if there's a solid us or me, of course. And that's not to say that that the ego is a bad thing and you do hear people in spiritual work talking about how we have to destroy the ego, we have to do this, we have to do that. Look, think about the ego as the the scaffolding that's necessary to erect a building. Believe me, without an ego you'll never do any kind of work of any sort. But don't don't look at it upon it as the enemy, it's just ridiculous, that idea. This is something to be worked with, that's all. Okay, so we know from direct experience and you know from direct experience that these muscles here and also another suite of muscles, there's about six sets of muscles that are involved here, they literally position the bottom jaw in relation to the upper jaw. And what most people don't realize is that the temporomandibular joint, the joint up here in the skull that, that the lower jaw, the mandible, hangs off, has the area of the size of your little fingernail on both sides. It's an amazingly small joint. 
but it's got like big muscles. The, the, the crushing muscles, masseter and the other ones, are extremely powerful because of the leverage, the actual arrangement of the muscles in relation to the fulcrum and the, and the effort part of that. I'll just go on for a little tangent. The way most muscles are organized in the body is not like how the jaw muscles are organized. Most muscles in the body are organized like the bicep. A small movement of the bicep muscle produces a big movement of the lever arm. The jaw is the opposite. These, the movement of the muscles is exactly the same as the movement of the jaw or very close to it. And as a result, they can apply tremendous force, tremendous force. And so the, the biting of the teeth, the what's it called, bruxism, that the, the people grinding their teeth at night time, two things. One is that because the temporomandibular joint is the last joint in the body that the, that the body can use to resolve the force that's acting on the whole body, and each of the vertebrae, the position of the pelvis, knees, ankle, it's all involved in this, the very rarely does the jaw sit in a relaxed position. It's actually being drawn or pulled one way or the other by the asymmetric forces acting on those two joints, same as the rest of the body. And if you remember back to what I spoke about before in terms of symmetry, getting those muscles symmetrical is actually more important than getting them flexible. But flexibility exercises will show you which is the tightest side of your jaw and will help you balance that symmetry. And so that's what we recommend. We have an exercise that helps to open the jaw a bit wider. The, the textbooks, not that we pay much attention to textbooks, the textbooks say we should be able to fit three knuckles between the upper and lower jaw. No, don't, don't try it, but I'm just saying. And, and so no, yeah. once you stretch these muscles enough, that will be easy. You'll be able to do it without without any kind of warming up any time you want. And the, 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 the payoff for you is instead of feeling tension in your face. Oh, well, let me just make another point. This is really, this is fun. Um, this might sound a bit odd, but I, I presume you've been to a funeral once or twice in your life. Have you noticed that when you look down on dead people's faces, they look relaxed? How many times have you heard someone say something like, oh, Grandpa, in brackets, who was, who was an angry old bastard all of his life, he looks so, he looks at peace, he looks relaxed he looks so now. Peaceful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you disconnect the mind from the body, guess what? All the tension in the muscles of the face, it gets relaxed. And we, we see this happening on workshops. I'm telling you, going to a three-day workshop is like the fast track to a, a, a facelift. I'm not kidding. We, we get people to look at each other. We don't say why we're getting them to look at each other um, at the beginning of a workshop. And then we say normally towards the afternoon of the second day because that's when these things are manifesting or the morning of the third day, hey, everyone, just look around. See any difference in people's faces? And someone will inevitably say, oh, my God, you, you look years younger. Why is that? And it's, and it's because of this. It's the removal of the tension that's not necessary. Every line in your face is created by tension, nothing else. And so there's something else to, to understand too, and this, is, this again is not obvious, but my friend Robert Schlapp confirmed this for me recently, as did another doctor friend of mine. I'll tell you about the second doctor's story first. He had a guy come into the operating table, this guy does operations all the time, and he said, this guy looked like a prawn or a shrimp. He was all hunched over like I'm doing now. He said so much so that when they laid him out on the operating table, this is not, I'm not bullshitting you now, his head was a foot off the table, and he was oh all hunted God. over like this, like this, looking like this. He couldn't get his body anywhere near flat on the operating table. And then the anaesthetist put the drugs into the body that caused the whole anaesthetic effect, including liquid valium and the other things that actually disconnect the brain from the body. And this friend of mine said to me, he just watched this guy ooze down onto the table, and his whole spine was lying flat on the table, Marta. 
But that's, that's only the first part of the story. The second part of the story was as the anesthetic wore off, the body went from this to like this and the guy could not straighten his own back up. That is the power the mind has over the body. It's absolute. So, I mean, it's an amazing thing to think about. It, in fact, if we, if we anaesthetize anybody with ordinary flexibility, it is a fact that those bodies, when they're anaesthetized, become completely flexible and supple. There is no tension in the muscles at all. And in fact, there's a whole class of um, accidents called spontaneous dislocations, which happen if a nurse or a doctor just uses a bit too much force moving the ribcage on an operating table. The ribs dislocate from the sternocostal margins or from where they articulate with the joints at the back because there's no tension there. Now, some joints are held together by ligaments. The ligaments, they, they don't relax when you get an anesthetized, but the muscles do. And so the, the key point here is, at a very deep level, it is only the map in our mind of what the mind thinks the body can do that is actually limiting what we do. But we have no way directly of accessing it except through the, the little techniques that we've been talking about, contract, relax, reduction of the apprehension reflex, uh, the you know doing this, doing that, doing something else, fascia releases. They are the things which actually change the mind and that's reflected in the body's new capacities. If you repeat them often enough, then they'll become permanent. I, I find it's that immensely exciting. Really. It is. It's exciting, it's fascinating, and I think it should, hopefully for the people who listened, hopefully they're going to look up all the information and be running off to do something to get them or start them on the path if they haven't already on changing their bodies and getting the body to adapt. So let's cross fingers and we'll give all the links like I said at the end. The, the one thing that I did want to end our talk on today was migraines because mm. I did tell you that I have been a chronic migraine sufferer and focusing for me, focusing on the neck and shoulders is part of the reason that my migraines have reduced in frequency and severity and all of that, um, but I just I guess I we'd like to hear about your experience with migraines and your perspective on migraines and stretching and mobility in the body. I have I have much more experience in my own body, so I'll just talk about my own experiences with low back pain. And I was absolutely plagued with crippling low back pain for for most of my adult life, including when I was an athlete, by the way. It was actually middle back tension that stopped me competing at a higher level. Once I got up past a certain um, velocity running, I simply wasn't able to relax enough. And in fact, in the finishing stages of all of my races, my coach used to you know, criticize me for this all the time, but I didn't know what to do about it. Um, in fact, my stride length used to shorten at the very point where it needed to lengthen slightly, and I locked up in between my shoulder blades. Um, and I had, I've had low back, I've had low back pain to such an extent that I had to crawl to the toilet in the mornings for weeks at a time. I mean, we're talking about totally debilitating low back pain. And and again, for those that have not suffered this in their life, nor do we recommend that you ever attempt to try to suffer it. It's horrible. Um, low back pain, just like migraine, affects literally every dimension of the experience of living. It affects your relationships. It affects sexual things, it affects emotional things, it stops you working, it stops you being productive, it definitely takes the gloss of, off trying to be happy. I mean, that's 
anyway, well, in, at least in the beginning, that's not the experience. Although I have to say, just on that note, I have had the experience since then of being in tremendous back pain and actually feeling really happy as well. Um, I just want to in inject this note because this is a very important concept in in our work as well. Pain is a simple physical sensation. Suffering is the story we tell ourselves about it. Now this is this is profound. And I had the direct experience of lying on a couch, on one couch. I had two couches set up in a kind of L configuration in my lounge. And the teacher that I was working with at the time also suffered terrible back problems. And we just happened both to be in a huge amount of pain on the same day. And we were lying on these two couches laughing and joking and saying, oh, God, that was a good one, you know, feeling this stab of pain. But actually, for that to be fun, I know that sounds completely insane. But that experience, which lasted for about, on that particular day, probably a couple of hours or so, it completely changed my relationship to pain. I do have back pain now and again, um, every now and again, but I, it absolutely doesn't cause me any suffering whatsoever now. It is simply a sensation. I know exactly what I need to do uh, to uh, cope with it or deal with it or to change it in time, and sometimes it's just waiting. Sometimes it's only waiting or do that. So for me, the experience of pain in, in my life has been uh, now a truly liberating experience. I have, have a, as I said, a different relationship to it. In, in the case of migraines, I know a large number of our students suffer from migraines and they have all found not just the neck and shoulder exercises but the hip flexor exercises to be immensely helpful. We haven't spoken about this but if you're in the position that we're both in now, which is sitting and you're experiencing your life as stressful and you're at your desk 8 or 10 or 12 hours a day, I can guarantee you your hip flexors will be really tight. There's nothing you can do about that. And as soon as you stand up, those tight hip flexors will anteriorly tilt the pelvis and much of the tension in the spine above the pelvis when it's positioned anteriorly the middle back muscles and the neck muscles, much of that tension is necessary tension simply for you to be able to stand up straight. And what we found is that unlocking the hip flexors, and we, we've got the best hip flexor stretches on the planet, I'm not kidding, I can say that without... I vouch problem. for that. You can, yeah, you've had the experience. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, I, I attend other people's workshops and they attend mine, and I've heard some of the top yogis in the world say, we have never experienced anything in the hip flexors like this before. And I say that's because you've never stretched them before, and there's all sorts of reasons for that. Anyway, that's another topic. But the point is this. When you release hip flexor tension, and hip flexors, there are three different hip flexors, rectus, femoris, iliacus, and, and psoas. No one ever stretches psoas unless you're a super flexible yogi who can do a perfect hanumanasana and lean back and put your head on your foot. Unless you can do that, your psoas is not loose. And that's about one in what a million people can do that. So when you loosen your hip flexors, what so many people report on workshops is, holy moly, I came in here this morning and my back, my middle back was as tight as a rock or I had this, I've had this neck pain. I always have neck pain on the right-hand side, um, but that's gone. What's the relationship? And, and I say it's simple and I demonstrate this on workshops. I'll stand in front of people and I'll say, come and feel the muscles in my back or in my legs while I'm standing up straight. And people are gobsmacked. They're relaxed. They're soft. And they say, that means that this is how crazily we just understand how the body is organized. This is an incredible design. I say, my knees are slightly hyperextended, and that means that I can relax the leg muscles because I don't have to press the leg straight to hold myself up. My body is aligned 
and as a result the muscles in my middle back and in my neck they're completely soft they don't need to do any work and the solution for that for me personally was to loosen the hip flexors off and we worked on the hip flexors um, every class in the advanced class for about two years at the ANU it was incredible and by the end of that two years everyone's hip flexors were loose and everyone was reporting the same thing less headaches less migraines definitely way less tension in the neck and some people like my main guy Dave the physical alchemist um, he has almost no tension in his body doing all normal daily life things but he's the only young person that I know um, that actually demonstrates that it takes a long time to learn how to how to exist in this world without tension when I say without tension of course we can exert force I can do handstands and a whole bunch of other different things um, we have to exert tension but we call that voluntary tension or necessary tension but the difference between my body and most people's bodies is after doing a full-on exertion of something as soon as I release that effort muscles go back to being completely soft again that's what we want because the softness when the body is soft you will experience everything more openly and there'll be less barriers and boundaries between you and the outside world and your life will be completely different as a result of that it doesn't sound like it much but it is and what's interesting because and having gone to the Sydney stretch therapy and Cherie has really drummed this in over the I've been going for a year now exactly what you've just said is that everything starts from the bottom up yeah. so the example that I want to give is that a couple of weeks ago I realized or well, not even a couple of weeks a couple of so a month ago I realized that I get the, the jaw tension is actually um, partially choline dominance and this is a very rare thing so with too much choline it makes my jaw tense so I went off choline and then still I was taking DMAE which is a precursor to choline I went mm. off that and in the last couple of weeks my jaw absolutely just released it was it was amazing but now the last couple of days I've been in extreme pain again and it's so tight but what has what has been different the last couple of days well I've got knee problems so I did yes. go for a walk the other day my knee's been playing up at the same time um, the little bone next to my uh, toe is playing up and that really I yes I mean I was wondering what the jaw tension is but you just reminded me it's yes. coming all the way up from the bottom up into my jaw so it's everything's everything's joined all around here and then all the way down let, 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 let me interrupt you this this is a big picture perspective and, and, and people don't often think about this but um, we live in a sea of gravity and there are strong forces operating and everything in our world is trying to pull us to the center of the earth so all that the body is trying to do all the time is to actually press itself away from the center of the earth and we talk about standing up straight that's exactly what we're talking about and so the body is constantly trying to solve the problem I mean the problem of how to carry this bag of seawater that's us through time and space when we only have two legs I mean there are some animals that suffer back problems as well but it's a much more human um, problem we think and that's a whole and then I can I'll leave that alone because there are chiropractors who work on with horses and dogs on back problems but let's leave that alone for the moment um, in the attempt to solve the problem of how to use the least amount of energy to carry the bag of seawater through time and space your body if given a chance to align itself more and more efficiently will do that and so what we talk about we don't talk about ideal posture we talk about removing 
the obvious restrictions to alignment, hip flexors being chief among them, but there's plenty of other muscles as well, and then seeing what kind of alignment emerges by itself. That's the first thing. The second thing, and it's a corollary from the first, is if there's some part of the chain which you're favouring because it's hurting you for some reason, like a little toe or a knee you described, or something else, then something else has to adapt. Now, this is a really fundamental proposition, the one I'm going to make now, and that is Engineering 101. The first lecture you go to in engineering at, at, at any university will say this. If you want a complex structure to do the most amount of work in time and space, then the forces that act upon it, it doesn't matter whether it's a building or a person or a motor car or, or an aeroplane, the forces that act upon that structure have to be distributed as widely as possible throughout the structure. Why? because that's where stress fatigue or stress concentrations come. Now, in a living structure, stress concentrations can be experienced as pain. In a non-living structure, like an aeroplane, they experience as metal fatigue. And that part eventually fails. But our body, at that level of metaphor, is no different to that. And so when you're doing something and some part of your body is in pain, the body simply adjusts itself around it both to maintain the minimum energy configuration and also to avoid discomfort. Freud talked about the pleasure principle. I think Freud was, was not wrong in saying that, but I think there's a bigger principle in play here. I think avoidance of displeasure explains more of human behavior than the orientation towards pleasure, which if you think about it is just the opposite of displeasure. And so in our work, no unnecessary tension minimum energy configuration and avoidance of displeasure, we think they're roughly the three main things that the body is constantly arranging itself to optimize. And if we understand those things, then we can find a way into changing those things. And that's, that is what our system is about for sure. And so your observation about, you know, suddenly this jaw pain re-manifesting itself, it's an accurate observation, I'm certain of that. And so you do have, you have options here. You can either work on the jaw itself, which in some cases can release some of the tension. You can work on the neck. You can work on the hip flexors and the middle back in particular, in flexion and extension. And then you can just wait for the knee problem to resolve itself, whatever that cause of that is. And it might be, as you said, it's a little toe or a small um, joint problem there, which means that you have to be using your body a slightly different way when you're walking or running or whatever you're doing. This is absolutely normal. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Anything that you haven't told the listeners that you think is important? We Just one thing, and, and this will be a blatant self-promotion. Please, go ahead. If, 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 if the other self-promotions weren't blatant enough. Um, I, what Olivia and I are concentrating on doing for this year and for next year is we're going to put a lot of energy and effort into our Vimeo On Demand channel. And we have programs there. One, we have a a series of programs, each program is between an hour and a half and two and a half hours long, and they're $10. We're, try we're trying to make the things that we sell there to be as inexpensive as possible and still be able to pay the mortgage, that sort of thing. But what we're going to concentrate on now, because they're quite high-level programs, in they were actually made for gymnast people who are doing gymnastic strength training, but what we're concentrating on now are the uh, program for the kind of things that you're talking about now, that is ordinary average, I class myself in this, daily life problems type of exercise solutions. So I'm going to have, we're going to put up a, 
a daily five or maybe a daily ten, we're not sure yet, things that people can do, just follow along, that will help to keep the machinery of our mind and body operating smoothly. We will have stronger programs for people who have particular problems, like if, if for example, low back pain is, is, is one of your problems, then we're going to make a follow-along program just for that. If neck pain is your problem, make a program just for that. We're going to make shoulder programs, knee programs, hip programs, ankle programs. Some of these are already there, but we're going to make them explicitly as follow-along programs, and there'll be a few bucks each there. So what we're trying to do is is get to a point where when people talk about, well, I need to stretch this or I need to stress that, people hopefully will just say among themselves or report on Facebook or have people talk to each other these days, look, there's, there's a one good place to go to that we know of is this particular channel. Have a look there first and see if there's something there for you. And so the reason I'm mentioning this now is that we have all comments enabled on our channel. We always have. And so if somebody wants something, they can email me directly. My email address is on the website. We don't hide behind, you know, 17 layers of security or any of that nonsense. The whole point of the internet is to connect people, not to disconnect them. So if you want to email me and tell me about a program that you personally, you would like to see for you, what we'll do is we'll look at all the other options or all the other programs that we're considering at that time and we'll simply select it. If there are enough people want the same thing, that's where we'll go. We want our Vimeo On Demand channel in time to be the completely responsive channel and and communication channel that we think it can be. It isn't yet. This part of the internet, this, um, those platforms are still very new, as you know, and there's still a few teething problems, but the Vimeo On Demand one works extremely well. And and because we have big audiences, I mean, we've got over 9,000 audience subscribers on our YouTube channel, for example, and we're getting close to a million hits now. Um, that's a lot of people. And so the point of mentioning that is not to brag, it's to say this, and this is not obvious because it's a completely brand new model of thinking about these things. We can make a program, and it takes days of work to make a program, sometimes weeks, but we can sell it for a dollar or two dollars or three dollars, and if 9,000 people buy it, we make a you know a truckload of money. And that's it's, we're not doing it to make the money. We're, the money is just what's necessary. We live in a capitalist culture. We have to pay a mortgage, right? And we just built a new center and a new studio. And so that's what I'm, in fact, I'm going to straight off and start working on another dimension of that as soon as we finish talking. But if we have enough of that kind of those little sales trickling in, we, we can actually relax back a bit and concentrate on being more responsive to what people want rather than just putting it out there and hoping that what we're doing is what people want. So please contact us. That's, that's, that's what we're here for. And we definitely will. And where can they find you? What's your website? What's your Facebook? Um, well, I can, I can talk about it, but you can append it later. People can search for me, Kit Lachlan. They can search for stretch therapy. They can go onto Vimeo and just search for Kit Lachlan. I, mean, I'm, I don't... I honestly resisted the name kitlachlan.com, but every, all of my colleagues were doing the same thing and I was behind the pace. And also Kit Lachlan is a... It's unusual. If you put in the correct spelling, um, then you'll get me as a first hit. You won't have to search through pages and pages of, of hits. And I mean, all my all my friends and all my colleagues who are in the same, we, we loosely call ourselves in the fitness industry or the, or the physical transformation industry, I prefer to describe it as. We all use our own names for this reason because that's what we're known as. I mean, the, it, it, it's, it's inaccurate really in a sense because people like Dave and Cherie and Olivia and Craig and Simon and all the other people who work with us, they're actually the next generation. They're the people you will actually be working with unless you come to one of the workshops and I'm teaching. 
and you know I won't be able to be do I won't be able to do this stuff forever. Um, I'm I'm fine functioning perfectly today, but you know who knows what tomorrow brings or the next day, and and that's how I live. You know we never know what's going to happen, so that's another reason I think to pay attention to what's actually happening now. But that's I realize I'm getting off the topic there. But so the key thing at this juncture is simply to say, look, whatever people want, we will consider. And, and the idea of being able to make programs on demand for people, I mean, that's yet another thing that's really exciting to me. And we will definitely make that migraine series, I promise you. Perfect, because I know that a lot of the listeners who will be listening to my things, I've promised to focus on the migraine. Oh. So, and, and it's something that has helped me because I did... I was just unfortunate and I know that there are a lot of other people out there like oh. this. I didn't have one thing that I could do and my migraines were gone. I didn't yeah. just not eat this particular food and it was no. gone. I actually had to do a whole host of different things. Yes. So, um, and really when you look at it, I don't see that as a bad thing because I know no. a lot of people go, oh my goodness, what, I have to change my diet, I have to do some stretching, I have to do this, I have to do that. but in essence, all of those things actually also equal longevity, better health, oh, and absolutely. Look, 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 look. Let me just tell a quick story from the clinic, a very quick one. When I when I have someone come to see me, I've been running a clinic for thirty years now. If someone comes to see me, and they they all know that I'm going to give them exercises to do. Um, but if someone comes to see me and and says, oh, well, you know, my physio says I can't do that exercise, or my naturopath says I can't do this, or my whatever says I can't do that. So there's resistance there to the suggestions. I just say, so how's your current plan working for you? You get it? Look, every every problem that manifests in your body or your mind, it's actually of your own creation, either by neglect or by choice. No problem. It's not a that's not a criticism. But until people take responsibility for the things that are happening to them, I'm not talking about other not talking about getting some life threatening disease instantly because, you know, uh, somebody injected you or something. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about what we might loosely classify as lifestyle problems and low back pain, neck pain, migraines at least partly, uh, you know, shoulder problems because I've been bench pressing too much weight in the gym and not doing enough stress. Well, all that sort of stuff. They are things that one has brought upon oneself. And one thing is for sure: if you keep on the same trajectory, nothing will change. And so, at some point, we have to embrace. Okay, I'm at least partly at least partly responsible for what's actually happening. So what changes can I make that will change what, what we call my developmental trajectory? So it goes off in a direction that yields results that please me instead of yielding results that are hurting me, which is where I am right now. And when you put it that way, people say, oh, I get it. I get it. Correct. And I guess I wasn't personally ready to give my life over to my migraines because I did... I was thinking, I remember even late last year thinking, oh my God, I can't imagine living the rest of my life like this. This is depressing. I, I, I've got another yes. 20, 40 years and yes, part of my being liking control is what actually led me down the path of getting to the bottom of it But and it has served me, you know, so it's a balance like you said about with ego like with control and like with so many other things, it's about the balance and knowing when it's appropriate to use, when you pull back, when you let go, when you Marta, actually do push forward. Marta, that is self-knowledge and only 
each of us, only you can get it for yourself and what is relevant to you will not be relevant to me and vice versa. Look, I mean, that's wisdom in my view right there. So for me personally, and I think you've just articulated this in a different way, the problems that afflict us can be the cause of suffering or they can be the cause of revelation. They can lead to a deeper understanding of ourselves and how we are. And as you say, as you said so perfectly, give us the choice of knowing and the discrimination of, so that you know when to exert control and when to release it, just to use one example, or in my case, you know, when to go off the handle and when not to, and I try never to go off the handle, but you, you get what I'm saying. That, that understanding, that only you can derive that understanding for yourself. No one else can give it to you. All we teach, we say to people, we, we don't teach you how to do X or Y. We'll just give you the tools so that you can discover and find out what your own body and beingness needs. Off you go, and we'll help you. We'll help you with the best techniques that we can. But actually, only you can do it. Only you can do the work. And don't, don't consider that to be some, oh my God, life sentence, you know, work. No, it's work slash play. As we said, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's actually exciting. I feel a sense of, I won't go on too much because I'll let you go, but I do feel a sense of satisfaction and I feel a sense yes. of, uh, I guess it's not even just about the ego portion of it, the fact that. I am in charge of my life. I am the one that won't succumb to certain things just because that's the way it's fallen and that's the way it's progressing. And I know that I can actually make a change. This has definitely given me, given me the insight to know that I can change my health, which is important because in today's society we have so many different health issues. Sure. pollution etc but anyway that's again another whole different podcast so I will uh, wrap it up there and thank you so much for joining us uh, I can't even begin to thank you for the time that you've spent with us may, may I just say one thing if, if there's if there's a, if you get a good response to this and if if listeners viewers would like to ask their own questions i i personally would be very happy to to come back for a, a take two if you, if 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 that if that would be useful or helpful that would and, be and, amazing and that's part of that whole interactiveness thing that i'm that we're trying to get to we want to we want to increase our level of responsiveness not increase the distance between ourselves and our audience we want to make it closer and so if there's interest i mean we I did a conversation, we called it a coffee conversation with Dave the other day, which is up on our Vimeo channel, and it's a free download. The response that we got to that was just extraordinary, and we didn't talk about any of the things that we've spoken about today. So there's, there's, there's lots of things to talk about, and it's, I'm very glad that you've asked me, and I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thanks very much, Kit, and of course, to all of our Thank listeners. You. Until we see you next time, live limitless. Bye. Bye.